The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on everybody this is bgn radio episode number 207 i think you said brandon yes yes no? jimmy who cares correct i am jimmy kemsky from phillyvoice.com with me as always as you just heard brandon lee gowden of bleedinggreennation.com uh, also joined here by charlie the the puppy uh, uh he's actually uh, 11 and butters the cat uh who it looks like he's le- he left and maybe Lily will make an appearance. Lily the cat maybe will make an appearance too. So, uh, Brandon, fun day of practice today. The second of two joint practices with the New England Patriots. Um, I think for the most part, you were on the same field as I was le- yesterday. I tried to watch three fields at once and that became a little overwhelming. So I just focused on Eagles offense versus Patriots defense today. Uh, and it was a highlight reel of Eagles you know, big plays <laughs> like all day, pretty much today. Uh, so how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, I'm doing great. We saw a lot of red zone work today. We should note. Yes. Uh, almost exclusively red zone, I think, right? Almost exclusively red zone. Um, even one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and everything. And yeah, there's a lot of highlights to talk about. Uh, starting, I guess we should start with observations, jump right into it. I mean, there's no other place to start. After this practice, then Tyree Jackson. No, I'm kidding. Uh, then <laughs> Dalen Rager's one-handed catch uh, and one-on-ones, which has been circulating on Twitter as we're recording this podcast at 1.42 on uh, August 17th, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, yeah, really incredible catch. Uh, I think you could say it's even better than the one he had oh, for sure. in the end yeah. zone uh, a couple weeks ago now, almost two weeks ago, I think that was. Um, so, yeah, really impressive from Jalen Rager. Yeah, the first one that he had, which was like a week or two ago or whatever it was, uh, it was the same basic spot in the end zone um, and same kind of catch where uh, the first one he just reached up and backhanded it with one hand with his right hand and was able to bring it in. Uh, this time he kind of did the same thing, except he kind of twisted and turned and leaped. And you see his hops, like um, when you see the replay, uh, you'll see just his, you know, his 42 inch vertical, uh, in, you know, in action. And he was able to not only, you know, backhand it uh, again with one hand, with his right hand, 
but also like he high pointed the ball too. Extraordinarily difficult catch, and uh, he made it. And uh, yeah, I mean that was uh, the clear you know play the play of the camp really. Uh, yeah. His first catch a, a week or two ago that was uh, in my opinion clearly the catch of camp uh, to that point, and and he topped himself today. Um, so hey, he's making plays, which uh, is good yep. to see. Uh, not to immediately transition into the negatives about Jalen Rager, but uh, he had a drop against Air uh, in uh, in warmups, and then he had a drop mm-hmm. in seven on sevens. It was easy catch to make, and he dropped it. So I want he's probably just going to be that kind of player where he mm-hmm. makes these incredibly incredibly like difficult plays that you know a lot of guys just wouldn't even have a chance to make. Uh, but he's going to leave some of the more easy ones on the field, and uh, I think that's what we saw today. Kind of sounds like a little bit like someone I think I talked about yesterday. I compared him to Nelson Aguilar. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. That's that's the thing I'm looking for. I just want like I want to see a clean practice from Jalen Rager. Like just a practice because other players have these practices, like Quez Watkins, for example, or makes a couple plays and then no big mistakes. The rest of the practice like pretty normal. Uh. With Jalen Rager, it's like he has these highlight plays, but then there's like these really dumb mistakes or like these bad drops. Or and, and I know everyone's like, oh, you're such a hater. You can't just say something about positive about him without saying something negative. Well, that's because there's negative stuff to say too. Like that obviously stands out. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the drops, Jimmy. One of the things that bothered me the most today, later in practice, um, first of all, is that I didn't even have him. Like I didn't write any notes about him at all after one on ones, uh, and and the seven on seven drop. Like in full team drills, I didn't have any notes on him except for a play where uh, Jalen Hurts rolled out to his right. And was still looking for Rager, and Rager had kind of like given up on the play at that point, and like didn't even make a play on the ball, or the Patriots defender did dive for it. So it's just like that's that's the most I saw it out of him after the highlight catch. Yeah, on that play, it was actually a throw that only the uh, Patriots defender had a chance to 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 make, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there wasn't a great effort, I'll say, uh, from Rager to try to break that up. So there's good and bad from him. I think today was pretty much a day to be celebrated, though. Because, uh, I mean, they, the Eagles receivers really just kept, kept making play after play after play today. And we'll tra- transition now. You mentioned Quez Watkins. Like, mm-hmm. he had uh, in, in one-on-ones, uh, he had J.C. Jackson covering him. J.C. Jackson, of course, had nine interceptions last year. So a legitimate corner, a little bit, uh, excuse me, a legitimate starting NFL cornerback. He just torched jc jackson on a slant like it like we've talked uh already plenty about uh quez watkins uh improved route running and he showed it on this slant (laughs) well he just broke jackson's ankles and got wide open uh for uh you know touchdown pass and then later uh against jalen mills who by the way is treating these practices like he's in the Super Bowl. Like he's really, in my opinion, like he's really trying to show the Eagles that they made a mistake by letting him go. Uh, but so he's been playing hard and, uh, uh, Quez Watkins, uh, you know, had a great move against him where, uh, he was in the back of the end zone and, uh, he made, he made a cut, uh, back to the corner and he got pretty wide open again, uh, again for an easy touchdown throw. I thought Jalen Hurts was good today, but I think the Mm -hmm. Eagles receivers, sort of made life easy on them, which uh, we're not yeah. used to seeing. 
Yeah, Quez was uh, pretty good, and then I, I didn't really notice him after one one. So to the the Rager point, in fairness, like I mm-hmm. didn't really notice Quez and team drills either after. But I mean, yeah, I mean those routes were pretty uh, sick. He, he dusted Mills, like you said. The J.C. Jackson one was just like really it just broke his ankles. He just he, he, like J.C. Jackson was lost. Like he didn't know <laughs> what Quez Watkins there, yeah. was. Yeah, <laughs> right. he just he just got stuck, and uh, so that was pretty awesome to see. Um, yeah, uh, wide receivers as a whole, definitely the big theme of this practice. I know you mm-hmm. led your notes with that. I'll be leading my notes with that too once I put them up. Um, really just, and you know, part of that is the atmosphere too. It was in, you know, a red zone. So like a yes. lot of people are catching touchdowns and stuff. Uh, and, and there's a lot of throwing, not as much running. Um, so yeah, it was a good day for the receivers as a whole. Uh, except for one, Jimmy. And I guess we might get into that later. Uh, so you just, Quez is your observation, right? So we can go to mine next. Um, my next thing would be, uh, bounce back day for Tyree Jackson, who I gave an LVP point on, uh, what, Jimmy, what are you looking at? Jimmy, you're looking at There's something. a guy at my door, like get GTFOH. I, the, I've had so What's many people. He, I don't know. He's, he's soliciting something. <laughs> mm. I've, had so so, I've had so many people coming, coming up. I don't, um, I can't. Jimmy is. Uh, I, I can't. I can't talk right now. Indicating to the person outside <laughs> that he's doing something. He's recording a podcast. That's a good excuse, by the way. Get you get someone a solicitor out. Oh, sorry, I can't come to the door right now. I'm doing a podcast. Um, There's so uh, many people coming up to my door these days. It's crazy. Like I, I didn't want that before COVID. I didn't want it during COVID. I certainly don't want it now. Get uh-huh. the hell off my property. I actually just yeah. ordered on Amazon a no soliciting sign because it's been it's been rampant here and it hasn't gotten here wow. yet. So I'm looking forward to putting that up whenever it gets here. <laughs> so get off of Jimmy's lawn, literally and figuratively. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you or sorry to distract you with my uh with well, my it's all right. It's just, I was wondering if everything was okay because you, you looked like very <laughs> not happy. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. But getting back to Ty- Tyree Jackson. <laughs> Uh, bounce back today, had a really good catch in the end zone that you and I saw like, f- like really up close. We were standing right behind where he caught a pass from Nick Mullins, who actually uh, floated it up to him and he made a big leaping catch and he stayed in bounds. And that was awesome. And I told you I was going to make this play of the day, although spoiler alert, I'm not because obviously Rager's catch was better, but I just love when he caught that touchdown and then, uh, you know, kind of rub it in the, the Patriots faces a little bit. He gave a nice, mean, like, Gronk spike. And it was, like, so, like, aggressive, I felt like. Uh, and uh, now Jimmy's distracted again. Jimmy, what are you doing this time? <laughs> I was taking a picture of him. Okay. Uh, but didn't you love that, uh, the Gronk spike from Tyree he Jackson? Had, I loved it. He had good height and distance on that spike, which uh, you might expect yeah. that from him because he's a former quarterback. He's got a good arm. Well, he spiked it towards the Patriots sideline too. Like, <laughs> right. he spiked it in that direction. So I like that. I, I just, did you, you know, see I the new like uh, emphasis on taunting, by the way, in the NFL? I did. Like Everyone that would be a penalty, me. probably. Oh yeah. I mean, it might be a penalty before too, because yeah, it was maybe. like especially aggressive. But I, I like to see that. Um, he did have a catch later in practice where he couldn't stay in bounds, but I still thought it was really impressive that he caught the ball because it was thrown pretty high, and uh, he landed straight on his back. It wasn't like it's not like he 
didn't get his feet in the toe drag. Like he couldn't have just the way his body took him and everything. It was just kind of unfortunate, um, but still a pretty impressive play. And then he got up afterwards. He had the wind knocked out of him seemingly. Um, I don't think he returned. Maybe he did return to practice a little bit later on. Um, I don't remember. I didn't see did. him come I, back. Uh, he may have, but I just didn't, I didn't notice him after that point. I don't think he went inside though. I think he stayed. I don't think you even went to the trainer's tent. Mm-hmm. I think he just stayed out there. So that's a positive sign. Doesn't seem like, you know, he seriously jacked up or anything, but, uh, but yeah, that was good on that play. Like, uh, I'll note that you and I were, were standing next to each other for that play. And, uh, the, the pass was coming like directly at us, you and me. Yeah. Uh, we were standing in the back of the end zone. And as that ball was approaching, you know, and we're standing like, you know, it's what, like eight yards, I'd say behind the end zone, behind the back mm-hmm. of the end zone. Like I thought I was, pl- I was, you know, in my mind and I'm, I'm going, okay, do I try to make a play on this ball myself if it gets through? And, <laughs> and I actually thought I was going to, going to sail over, like, like it was going to sail over my head. Um, I didn't expect Tyree Jackson to get up there to even make the yeah. play, make you know make the catch on that on that throw, and he got up high and he and he high pointed it and like you said he came down but he landed out of bounds but uh, very impressive play from him just to go up and get that ball even though he couldn't yeah uh, stay in bounds. I totally agree. Like didn't count, but it was still like pretty impressive. He had a good oh, day. Next- uh, I was I was he had a, he, like we mentioned I think on the podcast yeah. yesterday like he had a little bit of a down day. Um, mm-hmm. His first to camp, probably I would say, yeah. but he had a nice bounce back day today uh, after he, you know, had a couple drops yesterday. Good to see that too, especially like mm-hmm. almost n- not that like you ever want to see a player struggle in a vacuum, but you almost want to see in theory like how a player responds yes. to struggling. You know, do they let it spiral or is it gonna snowball or do they come back the next day and kind of put it behind them? So credit to him, he did that. Uh, what's your next thing? Uh, I think the tight end. We'll, I'll just stay with the tight ends because I think just generally speaking. Uh, they had a very active day. Like they didn't have the highlight reel catches that uh, some of the receivers had, but uh, Goddard made a ton of catches. Ertz had his fair share of catches as well. Uh, real quick, I'll also note uh, Devontae Smith, of course, who yeah. um, he played today. Like he practiced in, in team drills. Didn't get targeted, I don't think at all. If he did, I missed it. Um, but I he think that did was have, intentional. Yeah. He had one route where he shook – uh, again, J.C. Jackson had a rough day, <laughs> like, but he shook J.C. Jackson again on a slant and got wide open. Ball didn't go his way uh, because Ertz also smoked whoever was covering him. And uh, they were both wide open, and the ball just went to Ertz for a touchdown uh, instead of um, uh, Devontae Smith. So, you know, uh, again, he didn't really get targeted. We didn't see much out of him, but it was good to see him, you know, run a really nice, clean route. Uh, against J.C. Jackson. But that was one of the catches that Ertz made. Uh, like I said, he and Goddard and uh, Tyree Jackson were heavily involved today. And I think that's kind of been a theme of camp, really, especially the last two days, is that the tight ends have been really, really heavily involved. And, um, you know, you had put together a thing, I think, on uh, how often Hurts yeah. threw to tight ends, uh, both at the end of last year when he played, and then also in his career, both at Alabama and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. of course, at Alabama and Oklahoma, he always had like star wide receivers to throw to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it makes sense. He had for some good tight ends there, though. Yeah. Nevertheless. Like OJ Howard. Um, yeah. Uh, Irv Smith. Uh, yeah. So there were some guys, but yeah. But uh, yeah, so he, he has looked to the tight ends quite a bit. And then, of course, Flacco 
like his best friend this camp has been uh, Tyree Jackson. So yeah, just just worth noting. I think that uh, that the tight ends have been heavily involved uh, in in these practices so far, and uh, I would I would imagine that'll probably continue into the regular season. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Devante. He did not do one on ones, which is a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, again, I, I wonder I'm why not, that I'm was. Guessing. Like, why would you play him in team drills, but not mm. the one on ones? Well, here's the thing. Like again, they didn't target him in team drills. So I think it was more about just getting, you know, some of like the reps of like release and everything and that okay. kind of stuff as opposed to was the actual like catching the ball part. Like they still didn't want him to do that. That's my guess. Um, yeah. Do you think again, that was purposeful that they didn't throw I'm pretty him? sure. Well, I mean, like it was weird to me that Hertz didn't throw to Devante on it's that play because he, yeah. <laughs> well, because he got wide open too and yes. he was underneath. He was right there. He made a yes. harder throw to Hertz, <laughs> still went for a touchdown, but I was like, Oh, okay. That's kind of strange. So you don't see that often where like, you know, the throw is just right there to make and you're making a harder throw. Yeah. When that ball um, came out, I was like, Oh, what's he doing? And then, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, Hertz was pretty low. He was pretty wide open right. too. <laughs> yeah. It was a good throw, but it was yeah. kind of funny. Um, yeah. So. Even JJ though, sticking with wide receivers here, mm-hmm. JJ I thought had a good day too. Now yeah. we've seen him. I've seen him, you know, in previous camps like make plays in the red zone. That's kind of like an area of the field that he's gonna, you know, thrive and generally more than he is like you know between the twenties or whatever, because um, he's not the most fleet of foot. But he had some nice catches in the end zone. He he had a grab today uh, from Flacco, who you mentioned really likes that like back of the end zone throw, yes. where uh, it was a leaping catch, kept both feet uh, in bounce. A little toe tap there, and he caught it. And then he had another one in the uh, like back left corner of the end zone, I believe, as well. Um, so JJ made some plays. Even uh, all the receivers, pretty much again, except for one, looked uh, pretty good. I think for the most part. Yeah, that one that you mentioned in the uh, back left uh, area of the end zone, uh, I was right there for that one too. And uh, on that play, he beat like a smaller corner, like a, a it was like a five nine guy. I forget his name, uh, but I looked him up, and he's five nine, and um, he beat him from the slot. And I've wondered if JJ, you know, if he makes the team, which I don't think is a guarantee at this point, I still have him on, but um, mm-hmm. that can, you know, he may very well have, you know, sort of uh, exhausted like all the patience of the Eagles run office. But if he does make the team, I think that one thing or one role that makes sense for him, uh, sort of a niche role would be to be like a big slot where he can take advantage of uh, smaller corners and, and win contested catches against them. And that's what he did on that play uh, on that play. And then, and the, the initial one that you mentioned uh, in the back of the end zone, like he, that was a closely contested uh, catch and he was able to, to and he was a, obviously he was a contested catch uh, machine in college. And that's why they drafted him uh, has not translated to the NFL, but um, if you can put him in advantageous situations against smaller guys and, you know, maybe he can start to produce in, you know, that niche kind of role. Uh, my next thing before we go to break, Jimmy, is that the defense didn't seem to have their best day based on what I saw of them whenever I was looking over. Because obviously you and I were both keeping an eye on the offense. But whenever I looked over to the defense to see how they were doing in seven on seven in between offensive reps, uh, it didn't look like they were having the best day. <laughs> I saw them get beat for a lot of touchdowns. Um, the only two highlight plays I saw from the defense during anything beyond one on one was TJ Edwards picked off a Mac Jones pass. And then I also saw that Alex Singleton had a nice diving pick on uh, Brian Hoyer, which you saw as well. So it uh, didn't seem like the best day for them as a whole. But, you know, 
it was seven on seven, so there wasn't they didn't have the advantage, you know, of their defensive line creating any pressure, uh, and the quarterbacks can kind of just hold onto the ball forever. So I'm not making a ton out of that, but that's basically all I noticed when I saw uh, out of them is like Mac and Cam continuing to carve up the defense. Yeah, so I've heard I didn't again I didn't really watch the defense much uh, today, but my understanding is there was it was like check down city, and uh, I saw people a few people tweet out, and I actually saw this a little bit myself yesterday was that uh, Kayvon Wallace was doing a lot of chirping from the, yeah. from the sideline. And today in particular, he was saying stuff like, uh, um, like he was just, he was calling Cam basically like a check down artist because then like at one play, like the play began and he yelled at, he yelled out running back. Like he was going to throw to the running back. And sure enough, it was just a little dump down a little to the flat to the running back. So as far as like, um, you know, I'm carving them up, uh, like he completed a lot of passes, I would say, but I don't know if they were, you know, the types of throws that uh, Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco were making all day uh, that, mm. you know, that we saw right in front of us where he, they were, they were consistently throwing into the end zone. Whereas uh, Cam Newton and Mac Jones, for the most part, my understanding is again, I didn't, I didn't see the whole thing, but for the most part, my understanding, they did not. Okay. See, I was seeing throws in the end zone when I looked over. I just saw like constant okay. touchdowns. Just and again, it's not the biggest deal. It is a uh, it's a red zone series. There's going to be a lot of touchdowns. It's only, they're throwing from like ten or sometimes goal line. Um, yeah. So I'm not really concerned about it at all. That's just the only thing I noticed when I looked over. It's like, oh, someone's constantly getting beat. But there was you know some of the Eagles backup defense in there too. Mm-hmm. So. Not making the most out of it. But uh, let's take a break here, Jimmy. Before we do, right to sell on craft jerky, go to right to sell on.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Go to wildnaturepet.com for 15% off dog treats. You can use discount code BGN15. And then after you do that, you pick up your phone and you call Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. But what number do I dial? 8569069295. Boom. Oh, and as you uh, brought up, we should mention her website too, roachrealtors.com. Boom. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Jimmy, what's your next observation? So we should get through to the injuries because there are some new ones. Um, John Hightower's back. He was limited today. 
Uh, he, he was he like Devante yesterday too. Yeah, okay. Uh, but they, there are some new ones here. So uh, Derek Barnett is now day-to-day with a shoulder injury, which uh, on the surface doesn't seem like that big a deal since he's only day-to-day. But he has had shoulder issues in the past, so I think that's one to, to monitor going forward. Jake Elliott would have kicked today, I think, but he is out day-to-day again with an ankle what injury. What do they do? What and if they do if he can't play? In the he's coming up to sign somebody. They're going to have to sign a kicker, I would think, right? Let Sipas do it. See if he can do it. Do who did they? Who kicked by the? Like, do you remember when a kicker either got hurt or didn't play or whatever it was, and a punter was kicking field goals during a preseason game for them? Yeah. Who was that? I forget. It's and like, the punter like got 2013, the punter got cut too. Like he didn't stick around. He was a guy that was definitely going to get cut, and he did. But he had to kick field goals in this game. And they were ugly. Uh, like, they were like lion drives. Yeah, I remember. I forget. His, Kip, Kip Smith. That's oh, Kip Smith. Ah, that's a good pull. That's well done. <laughs> I didn't done. even look it up. I just somehow <laughs> clicked in my head. That's well done. So, yeah, Jake Elliott is uh, is questionable, I guess, for this game coming up on Thursday. Javon Hargrave, uh, don't want to see that because he's had such mm. a great camp, but he's day-to-day with an ankle. Uh, just going down the list here. Jariga is the new one, I guess. Who cares? Yeah. And then the, there's only three guys here that are still week to week, and they are Andre Dillard, uh, who cares? Carry mm-hmm. on Johnson, who cares? And uh, Davion Taylor, who I don't know. I guess it would have been nice for him to get some reps uh, during this training mm-hmm. camp, but he hasn't played since like what, like the, the third or fourth practice of this camp. So uh, yeah, yeah I mean, there, there are some some noteworthy names there that were added to the list this morning. Uh, yeah, Elliot one definitely one to watch, especially. Uh, Kip Smith, by the way, Devontae Smith's older brother, actually. So fun fact <laughs> for people who didn't know out there. Uh, I, th- I think that's about all I had, Jimmy, in terms of uh, big new- I got a couple small things. Like I saw Darius Slay have a pass breakup against Aguilar. But then there was, this is on one-on-one. But then there was a flag. I saw uh, Flacco had some overthrows in addition to making some good throws in the red zone. So he was kind of inconsistent there a little bit. Um I had Jack Driscoll. I think it was him who gave up like a really bad uh, interior pressure at one point playing at guard. Um, I guess we could note that uh, what's his name? A Coyote Awashika, who originally started the camp, I believe, at left guard after playing left tackle in college at Buffalo, was then moved to right tackle in the game last week and then practiced recently. But today he's playing some right guard as well. So they're kind of just really like moving him all mm-hmm. over. Um, which is a little interesting to see. Patrick Johnson, Eagles seventh round pick, their final pick yep. in this year's draft, had a nice pass breakup PBU. on a play yep. where Nelson Aguilar was wide open in the back, end, like literally busting, like no one was covering him. And uh, Cam saw him a little late, and then Patrick Johnson was able to get his uh, hand in the way and knock that down. So that was a big. That was like a you know sometimes you have these pass breakups that are like you know nice they end the play, but like this one was like. <laughs> <laughs> if he yeah, didn't, well, you know, if he didn't yeah. make that, yeah. yeah, so it was a big deal. Um, and that's about all I had, I think, in terms of cleaning he's, up the notes. He got a few, like, he's he got like uh, first team reps today and yesterday, yep. Patrick Johnson. So, uh, well, yeah, Avery's been limited, uh, yeah, and he did like I, I've been meaning to take a closer look at his uh, all snaps during the first preseason game, but uh, just to, sort of on the first watch through, it looked like he did some nice things in that preseason game. And, uh, like Jonathan Gadden even got like a couple questions about him. Uh, one of, one of them for me. <laughs> so like, uh, this doesn't really count, I guess, but, uh, he did get asked a few different questions about him. Uh, so I think he's kind of on the radar of some people. Uh, I actually didn't have my last, uh, 53 man roster, but he probably will be on the next one. 
But he's a guy that like uh, I'm kind of interested to seeing again. Like I said, I'll take a look back at the Steelers game, but also ahead in this in this Patriots. Uh, what what are you uh, what are you looking forward to in um, yeah. the game on Thursday? That's a good question because we didn't do this last week, and then I regretted yeah. that too. It's like we didn't even talk about the game coming up. Uh, <laughs> I want to do a list for BleedingGreenNation.com, of course, of all the uh, the players uh, I will be most especially watching with their jersey mm-hmm. numbers. Uh, for people who don't know those, always at the top of their heads. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to see Devontae out there, but he's probably not going to be. So that's a that's one. As I look at, the, I pull up the roster here, and I'm thinking, like, who would I really want to see? I want to see more out of Kenneth Gainwell. He's had like a couple drops here in practice. I think yeah. a lot of people, you included, said he looked really good or like saw good things out of him in the in game. That first game, yeah, yeah. I I I agree, but I want to see more. Like I wasn't like because because he's been so not great in camp. Like I'm kind of like I need to see more to like fully buy into him being like a player right now. So mm-hmm. he had a drop yesterday that led to an interception, and then I think he just had a bad drop, I believe today or two. Um, so want to see more out of him. What about you? Yeah, as far as individual players, uh, I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts is going to be the primary focus of anyone and everyone. Uh, that that has yeah. any interest in the Eagles goes at all? Saying. So yeah, it goes without saying, of course. And then um, you know, I'll be interested to see if Miles Sanders plays at all, or if they're just going to hold him mm-hmm. out of the preseason completely. Um, I think at tight end, you know, uh, Ertz had you know some opportunities in that first game. He had the one drop over the middle, but I think they're probably going to want to feature him to sh- to sh- sort of showcase him uh, around the league, and you know maybe try to build some interest in. In uh, in him as we get closer to fifty three man cutdowns, they don't uh, if they're if they are going to trade him as I think they still will, they'll want to do that before fifty three man cutdowns because you don't want to waste a roster spot on a guy that you're gonna you know you're gonna trade between cutdowns and actual week one. So uh, I think they'll try to get him the ball and then uh, defensively, um, you know let's uh, let's sort of see what. Uh, the safety configuration is because, yeah. you know, as, as we mentioned, uh, uh, you, like, or I think after the, the Marcus Epps got like played the entire game the first week. And, uh, I'd like to see Kayvon, Kayvon Wallace get out there and uh, I'd yep. like to see what he can do. And if he can show whether, uh, he can start, uh, week one, if, uh, Rodney McLeod still isn't ready to go. I was going to go to Kayvon next. So there you go. Um, but yeah, read the, Post on bleedinggreennation.com yeah. for, for. I didn't put a lot of thought into that. That was kind of off the cuff. But yeah, those yeah. are those are sort of the uh, the guys off the top of my head that uh, I can kind of think of immediately that uh, are that should be of interest in this game. So, Jimmy, uh, before we get to our MVP LVP training camp uh, play of the day, which we already kind of spoiled the play of the day, obviously um, answering a Apple Podcast. Review question. Five stars from Hendo. That's H-E-N-D-D-O. Okay. Uh, question for BLG and Jimmy. Is it that far-fetched that the Eagles will be able to dominate in the run game with a healthy offensive line and solid group of backs? If the defense can be better than average, why could we not win 10 to 9 low-scoring games? Am I crazy? Andy in Atlanta. Uh, so I think the run game is going to be the strength of the offense, of course, um, which you know, is pretty obvious because you have a quarterback that has the ability to run and break tackles and make plays with his feet. And then you have a running back in Miles Sanders who, you know, for all the um, receiving um, struggles that you and I have mentioned over the past few weeks, 
still a very good runner and it expl- he's looked explosive in my opinion throughout camp. So I think he's ready to, to have a good season at, as a runner uh, at a minimum. And then the offensive line as Hendo, was it Hendo? Yes. Andy, Andy in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, as he mentioned, uh, if the offensive line is able to stay healthy. Yeah. Obviously that's a, like a dominant group with, you know, especially the right side of that line with, uh, you know, Kelsey at center, uh, Brandon Brooks at right guard and, and then Lane Johnson at right tackle. Like they, when they're at the top of their game, they are awesome in the run game. And then like even Jordan Mailata last year, as the season progressed, especially in the run game, like he was just dominating guys physically at times. So yeah, it's an exciting group, uh, in my opinion, in terms of, um, you know, being able to open up big holes. We saw a huge hole open up, uh, during the practice. Uh, yesterday mm-hmm. for Miles Sanders, um, and yeah, I, I think today that, too. Oh, did he? Okay, so uh, yeah. that, that's that's a group that um, you know, in theory, could be like you know a top two, three, one, even uh, offensive line uh, if they all stay healthy, which of course is an enormous if. And then, by the way, you have Landon Dickerson coming back at some point too. <laughs> like we haven't mentioned him at all in these podcasts mm-hmm. because he, you know, he's still on the, on the NFI list, but um, if he can contribute at some point during this season too, then uh, I mean, they, they could really have a stacked offensive line. If you want us to answer your question, you can leave a five-star rating interview, and we will get to it. There's some more here that we will get to at a future he, time. He what? actually – I didn't even answer his question. He said, can they <laughs> win like nine or ten ugly games? Like yeah. On nine or ten. Yeah, sure. So like um, I remember the one Giants year, like the year they went like 11 and five, I think. And then 2016, McAdoo? Yeah, 16, I think it was. 2016, yeah. yeah. Um. They went eleven and five, I believe it was, and yeah, their point record. differential in the season like wasn't very good. I think they might have even no. been in the negative. It's because mm-hmm. they won so many close games, and then it was sort of like a false, you know, like result of like of like you know how their season actually went. But they won they had a very easy they schedule won, they, too. They won a lot of close games. So if the Eagles theoretically can run the ball, uh, kind of milk the clock. Uh, play good defense and shorten these games, then yeah, it's possible they could win a bunch of short, uh, win a bunch of these, uh, clo- they can get like make plays in crunch time. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's the way that they can win that many games, in my opinion. Well, there does seem to be this positive vibe, uh, like around this team. I don't know if it's just, you know, from a fan expectation, like a lot of like, oh, you know, everyone's looking good in camp. We're actually going to be good this year. Maybe it's true. Maybe that'll turn out that way. I want to, we'll stop down on that at a different time. I think maybe, you know, later in camp or at some other time, because, uh, you know, they have another preseason game to come up here and we'll, and we'll see how things go. But, uh, that's just been something I've think, been thinking about. I feel like the past couple of days, especially against the Patriots, people are kind of being like, this team might be really good. Or, or like pretty good. I mean, you know, not one of the best in the NFL, but like a good team, like a good football team, a lot better than last year at the very least. So we'll see. Um, Jimmy, who is your MVP for today? Uh, I'll make it, I'll keep it simple. That catch by Jalen Rager, uh, I think on its own merit earns him, uh, MVP honors from me today. Even if he was sort of, even, even though it wasn't like a perfect day and a little bit uneven and, mm-hmm. You know, couldn't, as you mentioned, like couldn't just have a normal day aside from the great play. A play was good mm-hmm. enough for me where 
You got it, buddy. Cheers. Yours today, Jalen Rager. I think that's fair, but I feel like, because <laughs> I'm a hater, but no, not so. I feel like my logic here is that I feel like today's practice wasn't worth two MVP points, though. If you're going with that logic, you know, like he gets one, but I don't think he gets the double. Oh, I'm going to okay. give it to Aaron Moorhead, the Eagles wide right. receiver coach, because I had a hard time because like I wanted to show some love to Quez, who I thought was really good, but then he didn't do a whole lot in team drills. I wanted to show some love to Devontae, but he just didn't do enough because he didn't even have a target. Um, but that route was really nice. Uh, JJ had a big day. Like I feel like all the receivers doing well. I wanted to give it to multiple players, but I don't think that's fair. I think we should give the coaching staff some credit, and I will give it to uh, Aaron Moorhead here. So, Nick Sirianni might should should maybe get a hand in that too, because he is yeah. constantly over by the wide receivers and and you know kind of coaching them up. Um, who's your LVP? My LVP is your LVP. It is Travis Fulgham because in a day highlighted by receiver highlights, uh, Travis Fulgham didn't really do as much, and I think he had a drop at one point. Or I know in one on one he had a play where all day. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple of plays where, like, you know, Quez is is shaking defenders off of him and everything, and then that same defensive back would be on Fulgham, and it's a pass breakup or, you know, it's an incompletion. Um, I don't think Travis Fulgham has had a horrible camp by any means. I don't think he's been, like, a total disaster. But, like, I the way I phrase it on Twitter, because I tweeted about it, which is really, is that anything anyone wants to hear in a podcast? Because you could just go to Twitter. Um, but it's a very <laughs> podcast thing to say. So sorry for yeah. committing the sin. And now here I am breaking the fourth wall, trying to, uh, you know, make it less by, uh, drawing attention to it. Uh, I just think that he hasn't had the camp that the Eagles probably wanted to see out of yes. him. Uh, and it, it just doesn't feel like he's made that improvement at all. He kind of just seems like the same kind of inconsistent player that we, saw him lose playing time or like or what went into him losing playing time last season so i think that's it's disappointing it's kind of a disappointing camp relative to expectation i thought he might really you know seize a starting job here and he hasn't i still think he deserves to make the team just because he has some potential and he could probably do worse as a backup um and he's again there have been some good moments it hasn't been all bad he just had a nice catch i believe on saturday or so so uh yeah he's my lvp what about you he had a rough day uh Jawan Williams, I believe, uh, he's like a 6'3", 212 pound corner. Uh, so a bigger guy. He was, he saw a lot of him today and, uh, he couldn't shake him. Like he couldn't get separation against that guy. Bigger, bigger corner, obviously. Uh, you expect him to be able to, you know, match Fulgham's, um, size. And, but you also expect Fulgham to be able to get open against that kind of guy on occasion. You just couldn't. He couldn't get any kind of separation at all. There's one rep. I don't know if it was against Williams or somebody else, but he just got jammed at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't know. I think I said it was on one on ones and they didn't, they didn't throw the ball. Like he couldn't even get off the line of scrimmage. Like the, 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 the rep never even happened because he couldn't get off the line of scrimmage. So, uh, I agree with you. I would go as far as to say that he has had a disappointing camp. Uh, when again, I wouldn't necessarily say bad camp, but certainly right. hasn't been a good camp. Um, no. and, uh, they need him to, to, to play well because you look at their receivers and like their top four most talented guys are very clearly, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, 
Travis Fulgham in whatever order you prefer. And which one of those guys is not like the others? And it's Travis mm. Fulgham because he's got size and the other guys don't. Right. So they kind of need one of these, one of these bigger guys to show up. And I think at this point, you can't count on JJ Arthur Whiteside to be that guy. So you're looking at Fulgham to be the guy that can, you know, win with his size. And I don't think we've seen enough of it, uh, over the last three weeks. Yep. I think that's well said. Uh, I'm not like ready to be fully out on Travis Fulgham, but things aren't trending in a positive way. Uh, hasn't been as good as I thought he might be. So kind of a bummer. Uh, play of the day. We both had yes, Jalen Rager's yeah, one handed catch. Yeah. <laughs> although I would put honorable mention Tyree Jackson spiking, not even just the catch, but spiking the, the football thing, yeah. at the Patriots. Yeah, the, was catch really, wasn't I like, the, catch, the catch was fine. It was like a, it was a, it was a good it was, catch. Yeah. He ran a seam route and he turned his head around. The ball was there and he had to very quickly locate it, react to it, get his hands up, make the catch. So it's like you, we, we even talked about this on the sideline. Uh, mm. but like we said, like that's the I kind thought of he catches. might drop it. It's a, it's a hard yeah. catch to make, but yeah. when you don't make it, it looks really bad because it's right in his hands. It's like, you yeah. know, face, like it's an on target, an on target throw, mm-hmm. but one they have to react to quickly. And he made a nice catch and he certainly felt that, uh, that it was a good catch because as you noted, like he got up and did the Gronk spike. Yep. Yeah. I would say it's, it's one like, you know, how, uh, Harold Carmichael, shout out to his Twitter account, look it in. Uh, it's not, it's not one you could look in. It was just on him. Yes. Like before. Yeah. It just kind of like, it had to be like instinctive. Like just have your hands up and just like hold on. Um, so he did that. Good for Tyree Jackson bouncing back once again. All right. So Jimmy, any final thoughts before we wrap up today? Yeah. One quick one. Uh, I have not been at all impressed by this Patriots roster. I don't no. think they're going to be very good in 2021. And that's actually nope. not a good thing for the Eagles because they play the Dolphins that's twice. The and, and the, uh, the Eagles need, uh, as many Dolphins losses as they can get. And they also play the Colts, uh, I believe in like, like late in the season. I would say like week 15, 14, 15, somewhere around there. So, uh, that's another game that, that the Eagles could use the Patriots to win. And, yeah, I think their quarterback situation isn't great. Uh, I don't like their receivers. I think their defense um, is sort of like what everyone is kind of hanging their hat on with this team. And I haven't yeah. really been impressed by their defense either. So uh, uh kind of think they might I mean, be. They haven't had Stephon year. Gilmore, in fairness, and he'll True. be back, presumably. But, but they, but, but they yeah, might, they might not at all. They might, they might not have him at all. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But not whatever. Not for Eagles fans to worry about. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, really quick, though, uh, over or under on nine wins for the Patriots this year? Under. No, yeah, yeah they're, they're not getting a nine. No way. Is that what the over under uh, is in Vegas? Yeah, Ooh. that's what I saw at least. Yeah, might want right. to put a bet on that. Uh, that seems easy. Well, <laughs> I agree. Um, you know the weird thing about like we're, we're not to be like, uh, like we make fun of like the national reporter that comes in that you just you know the, the uh-huh. not anyone specific but they come in and like like the, the one famous one back in the day was like oh these guys uh. They're missing the the true story of this camp, and that's Ifani Moma. <laughs> like this, this guy is he's a big he's like a he's like a big daddy long legs out there. He's he, he's big, he's tall, he's wiry, he's making plays all over. Like, dude, we covered that in we like day two. Like, of course, we didn't we didn't notice this this gigantic wide receiver who can run a four. Like, we didn't notice him. He can run a four four. You don't think we you don't think we talked about him yet? Anyway, uh, I hate to be that guy. But after having watched uh, the Patriots for two practices, I think like one kind of thing that like, um, just just looking at a team in general and sort of deciding whether they're good or not, you kind of get like on a small, it's weird, weird, weird kind of philosophy here. But 
on a very small sample size, you can kind of get an idea of just how good the team overall maybe is. Whereas mm-hmm. like, you know, when, when you and I see every practice and we like, you know, we like obsess over like, uh, you know, a route here or there, we, we, we start thinking like, well, if this guy's good and that guy's good, then maybe they can be this. If this guy isn't good, if this guy gets hurt, whatever, then I think you can like overthink it a little bit. And, um, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you're just too close to it, but having like a 60,000 foot view of the Patriots in the last two days seems pretty, pretty clear to me that they're not that good. My final thought does that, does is that make, does that make sense to you at all? Well, I'm getting into this right now. Okay. I'm saying my final thought is that Bill Belichick <laughs> is a fraud, Jimmy, and Tom Brady was <laughs> responsible for his success all along. So, uh, there you go. I'm only somewhat kidding. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I do joke about that, but I, th- I think there is truth in that. I think, you know, I think Tom Brady, more than anything, if, if you're taking one of the two, what made them really special, I think it's Tom Brady. I really I do. That's very fair. Uh, if, yes. I think Bill Belichick is obvious. I mean, I'm not besmirching the legacy of Bill Belichick, who's obviously a future Hall of Famer and cheated a ton, by the way. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, shout out to any Patriots fans who are listening to this podcast, uh, to, I don't think that's the case. Maybe there are a couple, uh, you know, who are trying to like get, you know, the other perspective. Uh, of camp but uh shout out to our good friends at pat's pulpit who actually do do good work and actually you should be checking out their site in addition to bleeding green nation because they have some good coverage of how things have been looking from the other side and i've been trying to provide some analysis and notes for them as well in addition to you know what you're seeing from the eagles perspective so uh good friends over there uh and and we're gonna have a question and answer with them uh to preview thursday night's game which is what's coming up next here uh, we, the Eagles have off on Wednesday of a walkthrough, but there's no media coverage or anything. So no notes, no podcast. Mm-hmm. We will be back with you. Uh, well, well, Jimmy and I will be back with you on Saturday when the Eagles practice next, but the Eagles will, after having their walkthrough on Wednesday, will be playing the preseason game at the link on Thursday evening. They'll then have off again on Friday, return to practice on Saturday. So that's the schedule coming up. You can check out my work, bleedingrenation.com, Jimmy Kempsky's work, phillyvoice.com, follow us on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. And on Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. And then, you know, write to sell on craft jerky. Go check it out. Give Christian Roach of Roach Realtors a call or go to RoachRealtors.com. And I think that's it. That's good. Goodbye, everybody. P G N. <laughs>